Welcome to Ride to Success. And this is such a great episode. I interviewed Michael Sodo, the visionary behind Via Atelier, the best cycling shop that you'll find in London. From the corridors of Central St. Martins to the prestigious walls of Victoria and Albert Museum, Michael's journey as a designer, entrepreneur and cyclist has been nothing short of remarkable. Uh, just a quick disclaimer everyone, this is my first foray into podcasting, so things might not be as professional as you would expect, but I'll be continually improving my podcasting abilities. I appreciate you being on this journey with me. Thanks. Michael, can you just please share with me your journey uh, from studying product design at mm-hmm. Central St. Martins to becoming an award-winning designer with works in yeah. Victoria Albert Museum? Yeah. So my life started out... Um, I always knew I, I wanted to do something in creative industries from a very long age. When I say creative industries, it was very much... Um, school it's art because that's what you do you don't know anything else and then as I went to school did A levels through to foundation I realised it was more design and I and I always interpreted that as being graphic design um, specifically um, however my path sort of took a slightly different direction when I discovered I suppose almost like another dimension so three dimensions um, and industrial design um, which I hadn't really considered before hadn't even heard of or really thought about and I don't think you necessarily do or at least you didn't when I was at, at school um, so that was my path was industrial design which then transformed so I went I studied at Central St Martins um, and halfway through the course the course changed from industrial design to product design which while it wasn't so much a significant change in the process which is, is this sort of design thinking process and this idea of the way you see things or the way you look at things and you analyse everything. Um, that approach maintained the same. What I found is what when the, 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 the title of product design, or at least the introduction of product design, what was, was almost a freedom, which I hadn't really felt before. When it was industrial design, it was very much sort of modernist approach, sort of pared back, minimal, which at the time... I suppose with all things you kind of rebel against. And after a visit to um, some studios in Milan where we visited um, Kaylee DeLucchi, Andrea Branzi, Totsessi Studio, Enzo Mari, Bruno Minari, it was a real, um, I think it was a real changing point for me. Um, very specifically that idea that industrial design or product design wasn't a matter of packaging up electronics. It was complete freedom it, it was an approach and it doesn't matter what it was that was the approach and there was no uh, confines of what that might be so as going from there um we set up a company when i was in my final year at central St. mines called inflate uh, where we made inflatable products for a few years and that was a way of mass producing product or objects in a very accessible way and when I say accessible typically if you make plastic products you have injection molding tools and things like that I mean, it's an incredibly expensive process whereas high frequency welding which is the process for effectively welding PVC together which makes inflatables is, is 
the, the tooling you can make yourself is relatively low tech. The actual the machinery is kind of low tech as well, um, but you can produce things in large volumes and large numbers. And so it, really, that was that was a way of um, dipping our our toe at the time into in, into that world. Fast forward from '94 when I finished college to '97, I left Inflate and set up my own design studio um, under my own name. Um, and that was very much so to start out with my business partner for the studio, which is now my wife, Lisa. We did this, um, we effectively we, we, we managed our own production. So, what I could see, it was at a time when, so this is around 97, so we'd just come off the back of a recession, mm-hmm. and there was very few jobs in the industry. Um, and so, if you wanted to work in design, you had to do it kind of for yourself. So, I had a lot of friends and there was a lot of people around that were designer makers. I could see them, some of them getting caught in this position where they, they became makers and not designers. So they produced something because nobody else could make it or they produced something at a price that nobody else could compete with and got caught in this, this kind of this rut of um, not being able to continue designing. So one of the things managed to when I left in flat I had a little bit of money not a lot but uh, enough to prototype a collection that we could then uh, produce in small batches with different manufacturers and that was really that was very much a um, again it's kind of a, re- a reaction against what we'd done in flat so rather than this sort of brightly colored plastic product this was now uh, pared down it was really minimal and aesthetic it was all naturally all, all colored naturally so for example if it, there was like timber tables, there was rattan lamps, there were rugs, a range of matte white ceramic. Um, and this is at a time when there was a lot of colour around. So it was it was kind of a, a, a big, a, I mean, something quite different. Um, but at the same time, it was nothing, I, I never wanted to have a production company. I never wanted to produce things. So while it was, it was kind of a means to an end, it was very much a sort of like creating a shop window for... These are, this is what I can do to yeah. other manufacturers. Like yeah, but at the same time, it's there's it's, it's an income there as well, so it kind of works. Right. So from that from that start, we then were the studio was then approached by different manufacturers to start designing for them. So we doing ceramics with the likes of Wedgwood and Royal Dalton. We did rugs for Christopher Farr, furniture for Isocon, lights for Jeversoni, and we just sort of started building up this sort of body of work. Um, they started working with Modus, with SCP, with uh, Capellini and Tone. Um, so lots of Scandinavian companies as well. So with Offect, Swedazy uh, and Asplund, um, then Italian companies. And, and that then allowed me to sort of travel a bit as well. We did some shows, specifically in New York, Tokyo, Melbourne, Stockholm. And, um, and then at the... I think at the age of 36, I did, or 30, 38, 36, 30, I can't remember now exactly. I did a retrospective show in oh, Paris, right. <laughs> which was kind of, which was really strange because I think, oh, and I sort of felt, it, I mean, I hadn't really got to that time yet as far as I was concerned. But, but anyway, that was quite an interesting sort of side of things. And out of all of that, I was then creative director for Modus Furniture. We started doing, um, we did it effectively a, a couple of trade shows and we tried to sort of like get a collective together to do some shows in Milan. That then spawned um, Design Junction, mm-hmm. which is a show I was creative director for. Um, we did that first show in Milan. Um, I think that was 2011 was the first show. And maybe 
something like that. And that was with, I think we had 11 exhibitors at the time. And then we did the show. So that would have been in April. And then in September, we did the show in London, in um, Holborn, in the in Victoria House, which is a space, um, the junction on uh, Southampton Road, opposite the old Central St. Martin's building, uh, or the old Central building, rather, yeah. Central Art School. And that was... Um, that was interesting in the sense that we then sort of expanded from 11 uh, companies to 30 companies. Uh, following year, we then did it in the sorting office in Holborn, and we went from 30 companies to about 180 companies, which is enormous. But the, the, the building was phenomenal, and it was enormous. So it's 4,000 4, square metres per floor, and we took four storeys, so 16,000 square metres is enormous. And the uh, building had no, like electricity, had no water, uh, toilets, so we would put everything in. We put in theatres, we put in uh, street food, we built like full restaurants like, on the full floor, and no, no, it was only um, there's no lifts, it was only stairs. It was most incredible building, this old post office. Um, but it was really ambitious what we took on, especially if you consider the, sh- the show was only on for four days. We would build this sort of, like amazing infrastructure around everything. Um, but what I found, or what was really interesting from my perspective was that it was very much it was designed as a trade show or design show for brands and it was like by designers for designers if you like and so what happened was we'd give these brands carte blanche to show that i mean um complete autonomy over the way they presented themselves and yeah but we treat the building like a city so down on the ground floor we'd make sure that the walkways were say like a meter and a half and really narrow and put the pack the stands really tight together and make it feel like a bit like a market so there's like sort of hustle and bustle to the place and then on the first floor would be a bit more sort of like where the gallery is like part of the town where the galleries and the museums are so we'd have these big big stands where we'd have uh, cinemas and event spaces and we put in a bar and a restaurant on the second floor and then on the third floor it would be where all the bigger brands the bigger furniture brands were we'd make them all island stands and we'd make the walkways two and a half meters, so they felt like avenues, and you know, yeah. sort of like so it just felt much grander as you work your way through the building. But you still had that sort of energy on the ground floor, and it just sort of came up to this thing upstairs. And but what was really interesting, just tracing one step back, was the fact that the brands took this on as a way. I mean, they and they did some most phenomenal stands. I mean, really, have invested themselves into this um, this project, if you like, or this show, and 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 that I thought was. One of the, 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 the really, really sort of stuck with me the fact that it all really resonated the fact that they'd actually really thought about this, committed to this, and act, and, and to put something together. So, as a collective, all the stands together worked harmoniously, and it was really, I mean, just it worked really, really successful. Um, as all things happen, the buildings that we occupied would get developed, and we have to find new homes. So, we went from there to um, we had a similar thing when we did the show in Milan and in New York, but. We moved from in London. We moved to the, the old Central Art School in Holborn, and we did a year in there. But I don't know if you're if familiar with the building. It's incredibly complex, and it's very faceted. And so we ended up with it was a really difficult place to put on a show. I mean, it's it's a phenomenal place to put on a show and really difficult at the same time. So it's just trying to find things is quite tricky. So after one year of, of doing that, we really felt like we needed a new home, but maybe something slightly more permanent. So I was starting to look at for public spaces that we could take on. So similar to the way that Freeze Art Fair takes on uh, takes over Regent's Park or 
had takes over Barclays Square, that, that, that thing. And I did this charity ride from Manchester to London with Rafa and met a guy called Craig White. And we spent the entire ride talking about, so he worked for Argent or works for Argent, yeah. worked for Argent at the time. Um, we spent the whole time sort of orchestrating how we would move Design Junction to... So that was it. By the time we arrived in London, it was we'd, we'd hatched this plan and it was all... It was all... That's quite a long ride. That's enough time. To yeah, it is <laughs> a, a long ride, yeah. But it was, but it was amazing. And, and, out of that, and out of that show, if you like, were all the relationships that I'd created with La Mazzocca, the coffee um, machine manufacturers. And so... There was then then led on to um, Muteria, yeah. and there was a space became available in King's Cross, and I I liked the idea of I'm, I'm very into sort of food and drink and um, years of travelling to Milan and not just Milan but all over um, Europe, and then obviously very keen cyclist, and then my business partner for Vermuteria, Anton Dimitri, is also very keen cyclist, and we're in the same club. I met Anthony from a project that I'd done previously when I designed the Roundhouse restaurant. Um, and anyway, um, so there's all these, it's all these sort of threads and connections through, and I've just sort of like I mean, yeah, yeah. put them together in a way. So I just wanted to like, mm. okay, so like just putting that back to, mm. uh, back to the, the, so you, you've been traveling and mm. that's, you've been mm. working, collaborating. Yeah. With how does cycling is does your kind of interest in cycling or passion for cycling yeah. comes through uh, your your travels through for, I don't know from so Italy or does it come cycling, from your childhood? But I always rode as a child, not road bikes. Um, it was obviously it's BMX and mountain biking yeah. at the time. Uh, not skateboarding and that sort of culture, if you like, um, that sort of street culture. But really, I think cycling. I did a bit of running fitness and I had a bit of an injury and I thought this is not really a long-term solution to as I get older I need something else that's maybe a little bit lighter on my knees and yeah. and uh, thought I'd buy a bike but I and so I got the bike what, what age was this this is probably 15 years ago okay. yeah, yeah so relatively new yes, yeah. in, in that sense um, and I got a bike and that was it it was a combination of the freedom of riding again the whole aesthetic of cycling specifically, and then I became a bit of a. I, I get, I, I obsess about things a little bit, and especially 15 years ago. That's at the same time that Rafa uh, starts, or just about. Yeah, yeah, very similar to yeah. the time. Yeah, I actually and I rode with Raf. What's effectively then Rafa Condor was the club. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that was the secretary of the club at the time, our children were in the same class at school. So he just said, oh, if you're going to ride in, do you want to come along for a uh, start riding with us? Uh, which I did. I think the second ride I did was Hell of the North. Uh, wow. Which was one of rides. <laughs> Nearly killed me. Uh, but it was, I, I loved it. And I loved that sort of camaraderie. I like, quite like enjoyed the pain of it in a way. Uh, but more, I suppose it's the, the, the aesthetics of things as well. And then that sort of drew me back to the, my times going to Milan during the, uh, Salone. And I would obviously I would spend a bit of time in Italy, um, travel around. And it was always that sort of after dinner, you have like, it was the graphics, the brand, specifically those drinks brands, were the original sponsors for a lot of the team. So right. things like Carpano, uh, Fausto Coffee is one of his first sponsors, uh, St. Raphael, Jacques Anquetil. So you've got these sort of, like, um, sort of really sort of sets that, that tone. And then when the opportunity 
came in King's Cross. It just felt like the idea of a sort of cycling cafe, slightly European, slightly non-specific, one of those sort of so mixture. And you're talking of, about vermiture, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, but the bottles were that's like collecting memorabilia, jerseys and various different things. But and, and more from a sort of design perspective, I think. So that sort of like aesthetic. Um, yeah, but that was the, the kind of the draw. Looking yeah. at uh, the, the the space, the vermiture mm. space, it, it comes across very well curated. Yeah. Everything is well integrated. Mm. And all of the cycling, the drink. Yeah. It, it feels like it's like been that. there forever, and, it, yeah. and and that's the point. Is it should feel very, again, it's kind of a low touch, overly decorative, uh, very simple, pared back, um, incredibly well thought out in terms of the, its function because it's an incredibly small space, only a thousand square feet. So it's really important that it works uh, on, on every level. And, and while it's got incredibly high ceilings and really lovely features, it's not, very, it's not particularly large. Um, and so you really need to think about how that space works. But then because it have, we have the large outside covered terrace, it's perfect for cycling. So in the sense that you can park the bikes outside, even if it's raining, you can sit outside. If it's cold, put the heaters on or wrap in a blanket. But then you've had this sort of, yeah, and that was, yeah, sort of serendipity in, in a sense of finding that space or being presented with that space. It just works incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's a, I'm interested in that because that, mm. that uh, you talking through a whole process, a whole mm. kind of philosophy of how mm. you see a space, how you take yeah. uh, inspiration from history, from mm. different uh, aspects, or cultural aspects, whether it's cycling, mm. uh, food and drink, yes. and you put that together in mm. space. Uh, so kind of what I want to bring now to, to VIA. Yeah. So it, in, in that scenario, it's all the same process in the sense that it's curation. The philosophy that you applied to Vermateria so applies to Tavia. So Tavia is a combination of things. So one it is, is the idea of that curation. And when I say curation, it's creating a, a, a effectively a, a, a canvas to yeah. which to then present something. So with, with Via, we, 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 much in the same way as um, Vermuteria, we've kept it as, as simple as possible. So really pared back, polished concrete floors, painted white block work, we haven't rendered anything, the ceiling is all exposed, um, we haven't painted that, I mean, literally, we've left it as it, you get what you get kind of thing. But then it's sort of like, it harps back to the sort of, um, that sort of Andy Warhol sort of era. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's, there's some, obviously with the reflective sort of have, surfaces. Yeah, you have the kind of, the greatness of the, the, the bricks and yeah. the exposed the aircon vents. Exactly. But then yeah. you still have the kind of all the but it's going well back, curated. But in a way, it's going back to the design junction. So in a, in a way, we would take on these old buildings and then we put in really lovely things. So, so it'd all be really modern and um, and in the same thing, in the same way that the brands sort of like design their own spaces. So it's much in, the, in that ilk. And so what you do, you create this effectively a backdrop for that to happen. Um but what you do have to do is you have to edit. So you have conversations with the brands. It's like, this is what we think you should do. They're going to take it from there. But really what you want them to do is sort of like embrace it. Embrace it, yeah. What I found with some of the design companies in the, in the early days is that they work in three dimensions. That's what they do. So they, they mean that for them, that's really, really kind of straightforward. And, mm-hmm. and, and the process is uh, a relatively simple one. The jump isn't that big a jump. But when you, you ask an apparel brand, to think about themselves within a space, what's their identity in, phys- in like physical spaces? Yeah. That's quite a different. That's quite a, a challenge, but it is something that needs to be considered. 
and it's how so for example what you produce whether you're a bike manufacturer or a power manufacturer a helmet or a shoe manufacturer what's your physical brand what are you yeah. as, a, as, a, as a, an, in the whole yeah brands will have a, a visual identity that you can recognize yeah. through through their own channels or, yeah. or, or not yeah. yes but when it's when it's or not then all of a sudden you have this freedom and there's something really lo- so i remember having early conversations of look what do you want to i mean you can design anything you want and really if you want to create just a large mobile in the space that moves around like kinetic energy that's absolutely fine you can do that's okay you, you can do anything you want within that space so the, the thinking behind this in the same way was was part design junction part vermouthria thinking very much design thinking but also embracing what other people are, are, are bringing along and then effectively what you do is you curate once you have those all those ingredients if you like, yeah. like cooking so once you've got all the ingredients you, you create the dish and you move things around and you change things and don't feel that it's set you can you mean you can add something else you can maybe try so something like it else feels very much like a, well a designer like a, an yeah. artist in mm. at work where you just you have you have the kind of well in this case uh, mm. the paint or the, yeah, yeah. the raw material mm. Whether it is, uh, and then you put it together, you assemble so that it works together. Yeah, but, what that, but that gives you the starting point in the sense that that gives you the physical space. Then, off the back of that, then you have to think, okay, well, then you need to create the experience. So, the experience is what is the experience? Is it the yeah. user guys in the cafe? Is it a ride? Is it an event? Is it a product launch? Is it coming um, to get your bike fixed? There's, there's various different elements in terms of how you interact within this space. And so the, the space is part of that, but also there's the wider sort of community and it's that sort of um, experiential side of things. How can we do things slightly differently? And so as, well, when I was sort of like looking at this is, okay, what are we going to do? What is VIA? How do we yeah. create this space? What is it, what is it going to become? How is it going to evolve? It was very much a sort of starting point. So it's almost like um, it's part 365-day consumer-facing trade show with an element of retail, with other add-ons, so whether that's the cafe element, whether that's the workshop. Um, there's various different things we could do, and we could organise rides and events. And so it became this sort of evolving space. Um, so was that always the, the, the kind of the, the objective as uh, from the starting point? I think the objective from the starting point was we knew how to start things and we knew what we wanted, or at least I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew what I thought there was a gap in the market for with regards to the brands. Um, and I think the idea of that offer of somewhere where you could come, initially the idea was that somewhere where you could come, try things on and then purchase online, knowing what size you were and what sort of things suited you. And so it, it, part of it was, was, was that. And then as that evolved, it was, well, people want to walk out with things, so how can we do a retail element? And, and where we are at the moment is we have this... Um, event space, stroke yeah. showroom, stroke shopping shop, stroke retail space. The next bit is potentially move that on. Well, not potentially is to move that online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and off the back of that, we've created the uh, Via Criterium that we yeah. did last, uh, or not last this summer. This year, this year. We'll do next year as well. And again, that sort of builds on this as a as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a sort of. A way of placemaking, a way of sort of. Um, there's a couple of things. One is sort of like bringing something together, and just the idea of creating this event where everyone interacts in a way, and 
you've got this sort of like a fantastic location um, and in a way try and make cycling more accessible to everybody and when I say that and it, and it might not be from a riding perspective it may be a viewing perspective but this is a public space outside the whole of King's Cross Estate is a, is, is a public space so the idea of putting on a spectacle that is cycling and all, and all the various elements of cycling yeah. is really interesting and how benefits from uh from a physical point of view from uh but then also a mental health point of view there's 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 a there's there's a there's a lot there uh, and a lot more that we that can still be done mm-hmm. uh, that i mean that that's very much what how i'd like to grow this but then also it, it makes us bigger um for three days let's say um and the idea that we can work with other brands we can look to do other things um yeah mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier on about the design, being a designer and being a maker. Can you clarify what exactly? So you mentioned what you briefly touched upon the yeah. difference about being a maker, but what does it differentiate? Differentiate that a maker of doing something that is a there is a gap for a market, then I'll make it. Yeah. And between a designer, is it the concept, the designing, the concept, thinking of? It does for, for for me the difference is if you're a maker you're, you're a producer you're effectively a, you're a, a solo factory right and okay. so it, it's um, for me that feels quite limiting whereas design as as, as, a, as a as a as a thought process is infinite it's, it's it's everything you can think of and all the things you can't think of so for me that's where I, I find it really interesting and finding those. Um, so as a, seeing those connections. So as a designer, you are thinking. So when you design uh, spaces, mm. so for uh, for a, yeah. or a workspace for a mm. company, yeah, you're not thinking just of a share. You're thinking of the no, whole space. You, I think like you literally in terms of start, psychological. You start psychology. from the start, from yeah. the, the point at which someone wakes up in the morning, and then what makes them want to go to work. So okay, why yeah. why are they going to be there? What are they going to do there? How is how is spending a day working somewhere going to yeah. improve your life exactly. what, what's that going to look like and how does that work in terms of community all those different aspects that, that's, that's what is, I wanted to that, get to yeah. because it's like that's what that uh, philosophy that mm. kind of mindset uh, that you have mm. and I feel brings mm. you bring it to this space so yeah but all you that, do in that scenario is you put yourself in that, that anyone's position so it's the guy sitting over the cafe. If I'm the guy sitting opposite from the guy sitting at the cafe, what am I thinking? Why am I, why am I coming? What's that about? In the same way, it's it's if you put on a race to crit, steward, you come along as a... What's each of those experiences look like? And how do you then interact with uh, this event? In the same way, how do you interact with this space? What What's it for? Is it... So, for example, where we are located in King's Cross, we're in the middle of this enormous development um, with multiple um, uh, cutting edge firms if you like um, I mean opposite we've got Meta uh, we've got Google. Sony Music we've got Google got yep. Google Deep Mind we've got Nike um, Universal Music I mean it, it, everybody's on our doorstep and so whether the value space was created for that to well, attract well, those no, businesses but in, in a way that was they weren't cycling there's a lot of people there that come in here that aren't cyclists but they're interested in what is here from an aesthetic point of view. Yeah. So the draw is different for different people. And sometimes you'll see, we'll get this where there's a there's an exhibition at the moment on the, uh, just opposite us called Lightroom. Well, that's the space, but the actual exhibition is a David Hockney exhibition. And that's be, mm-hmm. about to be... And so we get quite a specific 
um, type of people coming in and they're maybe slightly older guys and they used to race and they've seen a bike in a window and it's brought back these memories and they want to come and sort of see a little bit more of what's going on. And they sort of almost like for a short period of time relive their youth as a, yeah. as a rider or a racer. Um, and then similarly, we'll get the guys from Meta that just want to come in because we've got really good coffee. And that's okay. And that's the thing is it's, 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 it's something for whoever. And then we'll have groups of riders come in that that and that is really nice when you you create something when people come and use it that, yeah. I, I mean that's like the best thing that can happen well yeah i mean and, exactly. and then it's like but then, you know what's great because it's yours you do what you want with it that, i mean it's, it's we, i mean we've made this for you so and i like the fact that we have multiple different clubs come in and each of them feel a degree of ownership and i think that's lovely um yeah that's really cool Seen, I've seen that you have different group rides. You have different. Mm. You mentioned different types of yeah. people from mm. different backgrounds coming here. Yeah, but you have created the space that openly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it literally. Comes in, yeah, if, if like you want, it's, it's want yours. To yeah, in. yeah. To come in and just, it's not. There's no closed door. The door's permanently open. <laughs> which in the winter is not great, but it's, that's what it is. But it's it is that sort of open door policy. It's, this is for everybody. This is not. Um, it's part community sort of space. It's part. Yeah, it's, a, it's like I say, it's trying to be something, well, it is, it's something for everybody that walks through the door. It just depends on how you interact with the space. As long as we're inviting and welcoming, then, um, yeah, then we've kind of done our job. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I have, um, so I mentioned already earlier in, mm. in, in the post and a LinkedIn post about it, that once you come into the space, yeah. um, you don't have to necessarily be interested in cycling. That's no, your no, no. You feel like... There's a fusion of art, pop culture, yeah. uh, you know, the retail space when mm. people people want to come and just have a, a brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of a, a more, uh, can also be just people to come together to watch a conversation about mental, mental health yeah. or diversity. Where, mm. So it's interesting how this lends itself to, to anyone that mm. wants. And so that uh, coming in, mm. I feel... Kind of invited in, yeah, and uh, I think that's the. I think that's what you try to, yeah, to yeah, achieve. Yeah. But it's um, it's a very stark difference from many retail spaces that focus on having just occupying the whole space with yeah. stock. Focus on uh, yeah. just. Uh, but they were, the, but the they, but that's a, that, brands on it. But that's a very different approach. Um, yeah, yeah, so well, certainly. Yeah. So in the sense that to, to, to typical retail in. As far as I can tell, in the cycling industry, is the stock will come in the shop, and then it will get dispersed through the store um, in collectively. So it'll be helmets in one place, shoes in another, um, I don't know, apparel in, I mean, jersey somewhere else or whatever, uh, bikes in one bit, wheels in another. And so, as soon as you, as soon as your brand enters the store, it's fragmented and it's separated into the store. There's no sort of distillation of brand. And so one thing that we or I wanted to do was when we talked about this originally is and when we spoke to the brands, this is like storytelling. This is tell the story of your brand. Why? Yeah. What makes you different to anyone else? And then let's sort of like engage with that. Let's look at that. But this is this is retail. But at the same time, it's an opportunity for you to say why you do it. What makes you different to everybody else? Um, not necessarily better, different. 
Um, but what's your approach? What is that 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 thing that creates that connection between you and whether that's the consumer, end user, however you yeah. want to portray them? But there's there's and there's a connection there. Um, and I mean, we see it with people who wear specific brands or ride specific bike types. I mean, they're all they're all quite different, but certain people gravitate to certain brands over others. But at the same time, you create this this arena, if you like, where they the brands have that opportunity to have that 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 that, that dialogue with their. Uh, yeah, I mean, consumer. I feel like walking through this space. Mm. You, I'm not particularly drawn to uh, a particular uh, display or particular brand. Mm. Because I feel like everything is very much like an art gallery. You want to see everything. You want to immerse yourself in the space. It, and also, it, that was one of the criteria when we set when we started: is that the brand space is all the same size. So that mm-hmm. one, no no one brand has priority over another. No one has say over another. It's a level playing field. It doesn't matter whether you're making shoes in your bedroom, and or you're a massive multinational brand. There's a level playing field for everybody. No one, I mean, Via has the last say. We edit, of we course, have the last yeah. say. And nobody can come and say, well, if you're selling that brand, then uh, if you want to sell us, you can't sell that brand, then we not for you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work for us. So, I mean, with, to that point of uh, no brand mm. is bigger than Via and yeah. uh, to the, also the fact that you work with mm. the independent brands, small mm. businesses yeah. to multinational mm. businesses. How do you curate this space? Because you, I'm sure you came to, you are now in a position where brands are approaching you, yeah. asking you, "I want to be in Via. Yeah. What is the deal?" So we start, how did how did yeah. you start that process so we start, of uh, selecting the brands? We started out with uh, a list of brands that we would like, uh, that we thought would be a nice mix and would fit within the space, um, and we approached or approached them rather during lockdown. And so this was really this. This was all. This all happened when um, Muteria was closed. So as in yeah. during, uh, during that period of lockdown. So it's effectively kind of not far off two years, where we had a captive audience. Um, we could speak to the brands. Everything was obviously virtual, um, but there was that opportunity to sort of tell the story of what we were creating and what we wanted to do. Um, show them the space because we had keys to the space and it was sort of. Um, and it was quite different to what it is now, as in it was two buildings that we've knocked through. Because um, actually, originally, it was one building from here to Granary Square. Then yeah. these were partitioned as, as, as like strips. And yeah, so we took two units and, um, and, and took this wall down between. Of course, yeah, he could see the, the, the yeah. one of the shop, two yeah. shop windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, so we sort of showed them the space, and they sort of shared the vision of doing something different. Um, and I think that's that's kind of key. But also that that thing of it being sort of like this um, consumer-facing trade show. This trade show that isn't like most trade shows are three days. This is 365 days. I mean, this this is this sort of ebbs and flows of the way people move, and it becomes more. There's a there's an engagement with the community, which gives the brands a, a sort of a platform to talk to. Um, and and I think I was trying to describe it as a sort of like a um, Dover Street Market, but for cycling, in that way, in a sense that is it, can you give me a bit of context? Have, uh, I don't, I don't know what uh, so Do- Dover, Street Dover Street Market is. A sort of is a, is a fashion store, but it's lots of very, very sort of small. It's like shopping shops kind okay. of thing. But they, again, each brand has complete autonomy over the way that they present themselves, and they're curated in such a way that there are lots of independents inside 
effectively one industrial building, let's right. say. Oh, it started out as one industrial building. It's now, I think, on the on the Haymarket. And is, yeah, not, no, maybe not an industrial building, but anyway. Um, and it's that thinking. It's, it's putting that together in a collective way within, effectively, a raw space that allows you get that sort of juxtaposition of the, the very polished and the very finished against the very raw and the very sort of like, yeah, yeah industrial, let's say. Um, so for, and we just wanted everything to be incredibly flexible, even to the extent where we put the cafe in a container. So the idea that that, <laughs> that we can move that around, it doesn't, it's not static. It's basically it, everything plugs into the side of the wall. So you can plug in the electrics, you plug in the water, you plug in the waste. So we can move it if you want to. That's a good um, point because I mean I was looking at it earlier and mm. uh, thinking about it. Mm. The, what from you from what you've been to, uh, saying mm. does the, there is there the possibility for brands to have uh, more uh, experimentals uh, side to it rather rather than just having absolutely they I mean, decorate they are able yeah. to create but are is there room for that the brand to come to you want to create an experience like you mentioned earlier uh, absolutely yeah yeah. And, we, yeah and we've done things that we've done so for example we've done rides and events and parties and and things we did a collaboration with attacker and kappa yeah we came in as a pop-up but around that there was three rides and there was various different other sort of like faceted bits to it and a party and something else and so we can we can sort of like create this sort of like um, event, let's say. Yeah. I mean, I call it an event, but I mean, it's an event over the course of a period of time. But the idea that you it can be Mark, sort of like, you call you call it several activations of uh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's that. But yeah, and, and similarly, it might be that it's, uh, it's a trade space on Cubit Square during the Crit Race, mm-hmm. or it might be that it's a team of racers come over from the state. Could be various different things and. Um, it's really just being as, I suppose, in a way, in, in a way, as flexible as possible. The other thing about when brands come in here, nobody gets to say where they want to go. So we put, they came in, they put them down. Uh, the only thing they could say is that they wanted a wall if they wanted to fix things to the wall, or they wanted an island space. Other than that, we move this space around quite regularly, so nobody has. So um, yeah, I mean, there's no hierarchy yeah. at all. So coming from from, mm. from an artistic background mm. myself, mm. I constantly keep coming back to yeah. the idea of and that this is very much like mm-hmm. a, an exhibition space where people are of all backgrounds coming to have an yeah, experience yeah. Mm-hmm. whatever that experience yeah. might be mm-hmm. and I think that's very is very true to mm-hmm. I think from what you've been saying mm-hmm. it's like your philosophy as a designer thinking about how the person whoever that might be yeah. comes to the space and experiences and takes ownership of it as well no 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 definitely and I think part of that is also then thinking about curated content. That's one of the things we're working on. At yeah, the moment. as a curator. And yeah. is, is actually, when you say curated content, is actually putting together different brands together in a collaborative way to come up with something that's quite unique. We're working on free projects, or I'm working on free projects at the moment that we'll, we'll, we'll show next year, which are collaborations outside of what is traditionally cycling industry. But that's doing putting together the things that I know I like, but also not just that, the people that I ride with like. It's not just cycling. It's people who are really interested in architecture or are very interested in art or photography or film. I think that's necessary. Like mm. you, I think to the, to that point, you mm. have people are mostly multifaceted. You, you 100%. Can, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you want to, to cater to yeah. people that have different interests. So, I mean, that's also even, even a, a better way of, getting people to be aware of the space or come to the space or potentially yeah i mean the 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 only restrictions we have here really are space 
and mm. that we could do with maybe a little bit more space now. Um, another thing that we found is actually by taking the, we don't have a lot of wall space to actually to show sort of like photographic exhibitions or, uh, or put on things like that. That's quite limiting. Um, so just trying to think if there's clever ways of doing something, something like that. Um, sort of I've come up yeah I haven't got a solution to that at the moment but, but I, I've got a plan at least <laughs> yeah touching on on that uh, you were talking quite a lot about the, the space uh, mm. the philosophy behind it mm. uh, starting starting uh, the year mm. um, mm. was part of uh, having the rights having uh, presence with the within certain uh, creators uh, content creators was that always um, a tactic no. To pep- no. No. That was just that was what just that's happened. It's kind of evolved. Yeah. Month. I mean, really, it's what it's one of those things. Like, if you create it, they will come. And that was the idea: yeah. is that if, if we put the right things, the right ingredients in, and open our doors, and um, and with the connect- connections that we've got, from just from a riding point of view, if if whether that's sort of like I don't know, some guys from North London come in or. We get a group in from South London, or we get in a specific club, or we get in a sort of like a collective, like a WhatsApp group that I mean, ride together. It's 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 really just being as hospitable as we can to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say we're not aligned with any one brand, so there's no sort of like affiliation with anyone in particular. It's more the idea that we create this interesting space for what is effectively the cycling community uh, as a whole. Uh, before we've done that with events and various different things, one of the rides we do is with um, guys organised North London Dirt, which has been really lovely. We've done two rides with, we've, well, actually we've done a few more, we've done three or four rides with them now, but specifically there's there's a ride that we do every year, which is, um, we've done it with POC and Mission Workshop, mm-hmm. historically, where we do, a, it's a gravel ride, um, and that, is, is open because it's off-road. We haven't got this issue of sort of sending like yeah. 100 riders into Essex or 100 riders into Hertfordshire or Kent or Surrey. This is because it's off-road. We can have like much larger numbers. So I think the first year we did it, we did it was 180 riders turned up. Wow, um, but they work in very smaller groups and it works really, really well. So what you end up with is like small collectives or small groups of friends that ride together and effectively we give them the route. Start here with a coffee, there's a sign on, yeah. um, some pastries and off for a ride and then back in the afternoon um and that that's been really lovely because what you get is you get the, the community as a whole and you can sort of see all the different sort of exactly yeah, and the, the, that, that also spreads word of yeah. mouth people become interested yeah you have to create a space yeah. that people want to come to absolutely want to be in yeah. and then once that is created then you can start mm. expanding from that yeah. and developing and mm. then well as you as mm. you have experienced mm. And they will come even more. They, you'll spread Hopefully, the word. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly that. Yeah. Mm. So, how, how do you see the impact that the, that Via has had so far on the, the cycling cycling communities in London? Because there's one part of that yeah, question yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't answer because yeah. that would. It's, 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 it's difficult to quantify something like that. In the sense that it's, I mean, obviously we can see it through. But you have added like examples of you have had uh, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. So talks I mean, we've done, here, we've done promoting certain, mental yeah. health, inclusivity. Mm. Uh, you have different events uh, happening uh, that are 
related with cycling, yeah. like with mental health, mm. related with uh, racing, like yeah. professional racing. Mm. So, what, in, from your like your perspective, your kind mm. of bird's eye view, of yeah. the, what's your take? I think we've hit. Uh, I think the perception has been very good, and I think the feedback that we've had is that, that, that this is miss, it was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's the fact that it's, it's all inclusive or whether it's um, diversity of what we offer um, and how we do that, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually a really difficult question to answer, um, especially considering we're, what, 15 months old? It's, it's, yeah. There's but, no, but that, that, you've got no comparisons to make because there's, 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 there's nothing from before. There's, you haven't almost like you haven't had a cycle to, to, to know that what you've done to start with, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but it's, I mean you, you have. Um... I mean feedback is great, and um, I mean things like social media is great, but I mean I'm not sure how quantifiable stuff like that is. Well, the, I mean way. social media can be an echo chamber, so uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's you can't you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Hundred <laughs> percent. In terms of sort of like events that we put on and. Crit was a really interesting one, um, in that we had we had 500 riders sign up to race, which for a day's racing is quite incredible. I mean, that's and a lot. That's huge. <laughs> it is huge. And we had one. So, for example, we had um, groups of rides, as in specific rides. We did this in conjunction with British Cycling. So we had like the sign up, for example, for some of the races was three times more than capacity that we had. Um, so there's obviously an appetite. There's a huge appetite for for, 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 for for racing, but cycling in general in London. And I think that while, in a way, our, our, my stroke, our remit as VIA is to put on events and, and, and do things that um, effectively sort of try and fill that void of what people want. And then yeah. obviously part of the time you're guessing, part of the thing you're trying to create something. Um, and all you can not and off the back of that, all you have is the feedback from those events to know whether or not it works or doesn't work. Um, yeah. And the same way, it's a similar thing with the space. All we can do is we can put things here and we can get sort of like feedback um, how, that, how it works, and or we can look at the figures and we can say, okay, it, it's financially viable. This 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 is this this, this this stacks up. It's a business. It works. Um, I mean, one of the things I remember being asked when we first started is this pop up. I said, like, well, not really. We've got we've got a fifteen year lease, and no, not really. <laughs> it's quite a commitment, actually, and that, and and it, and it is. And it, while it may look in that way, and whether that's because it's very very specifically sort of like brand orientated, and it feels like that 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 sort of like um, capsule, if you like, kind of uh, presentation, whether or not it feels like that, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not sure. Of that. But it really it it, it is no. It's a, this is not a it's not a little. It's not short term project. This yeah. Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah, but I do think it's 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 a thing from a specific approach, as in it's 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 come from a specific direction, and that direction is just sort of like how do we carry on going? Yeah. What do we do? What are the other things that we can do? Where can we do them? How does it work? What I mean, it might be that this is sort of slightly different somewhere else, but it's it's fundamentally the same approach. It's very much that sort of. Again, we started from the one of the first things we started talking about was the idea of design thinking. It's design thinking, so it's taking this and okay, what would this look like in I don't know in Asia? What would this look like in mm-hmm. Europe? What would this look like in the States? 
what does it do? How does it work? Is it the same thing? Is it slightly different? Is it tweaked? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So the, the, I can see that it's already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, yeah, the, the, the design philosophy, the design mm. thinking that you mentioned is, um, you know, it, it kind of the, the whole space breeds yeah. it. Mm. Um, it like transpires that mm. whole philosophy that mm. you have spoken at length already through mm. sort of the earliest parts of this mm. interview. Um, I mean, it's from. I think that's it's kind of very very clear for mm. someone coming in, and I think the yeah. fact that you are opening it stuff and wanting to include people that are not from cycling space are yeah. not not necessarily interested in it, mm. but coming from an experience point of view mm. and curiosity point of view, it's quite uh, amazing how mm. how you can walk through the space and not feel like. You don't, you don't have to know what yeah. you're looking at to be able to... What I mean is, like, you don't, you don't have to know, oh, this is brand X, this is brand Y. No, it's curiosity. It's, it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you, it's, it's, it's discovery. And it's, it's like, that, uh, the, yeah. the, 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 you know, you, like a curating, mm. creating of a space that draws you in, sparks a bit of curiosity in a person, a cyclist, mm. someone that just wants to cook up a coffee. Um, and I think that's, that's what is apartment stores and large stores took over from museums on weekends where people would sort of like go to you go to see things and, and i think people are generally curious and that's what you do you go and see things it might be that you go and see them in a museum you go and see them in a gallery it might be that you go and see them in a department store and you actually purchase them and walk out with them it, it's, it's that it's, it's it's just it's i mean people are naturally curious i think and it's 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 part of that it's part discovery and i said discovery it's like this finding out about brand or finding yeah. out about material or process so i'm going to be i think i'm going to finish through this question because um i think i'll you, you we covered everything i wanted to touch okay. on mm. i mean i'm going to be a bit of a provocateur here mm. um on this one sure. um so you touching on the, the question your answer about mm. people going to shopping centers mm. going to mm. massive retail spaces just mm. to have an experience just to have mm. a day out like you, you, I can't help myself but think that you, for instance, I can compare Via to Selfridges. Sorry. I think that if I was to go back to the start when we talked about the design of the trade shows, the furniture yeah. trade show, design junction specifically, that was again thinking, okay, so we're going to create an experience for somebody. So somebody has to come here for their work. And they have to effectively purchase for their business. Um, how is that going to be enjoyable? What do we need to do to make that um, an enjoyable experience for them? So you don't want someone to come trudge around in poor lighting, uh, looking at things in a way that is difficult or uh, where everything is packaged in the same way. So in a traditional um, design yeah. show, you would have sort of like white walls and you'd have like the name plaque above but it would be in the font that's used by the trade show it's not actually the font of the brand um and then the food wouldn't be very good and um and effectively you'd leave and you'd be exhausted and it wouldn't be an enjoyable experience so the idea with design junction was to change that in the same way that i suppose department stores whether that's selfridges or other stores have an offering of food or whether they have another experience or whether there's something else that happens inside that store. And the idea is that you, rather than someone, it become a chore to do this thing, is you create this enjoyable experience. And it might be that actually 
you don't just pop in, see something and leave. Actually, you go and you spend the day there. How are we going to keep you here for the day? How are we going to make your experience enjoyable? And while, say, VIA is, is a very small scale compared to the Selfridges or a department store or a trade show or that, that kind of thing, you still want to sort of tick those boxes. You still want to offer those, not services, but you want to offer that variety of, um, of things that will make someone's life bit more enjoyable so it might be that it's a cafe it might be that actually yeah you can work here that's absolutely fine just set up a laptop and uh, we play music we show the racing you can have coffee we have nice food yeah I mean you can walk in here and have a coffee and spend the whole day here and that's and that's fine by us and you might buy something and you might not but you might come back another time and you might yeah I mean it's it's there's no pressure um, this is not we don't jump on you when you walk in the door. It's not that kind of thing. It's 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 trying to create that sort of community space, and whether or not that is the way that sort of I don't know traditional retail, let's say, with the selfies or the likes of those sort of companies do that that kind of thing. Then yeah, fine. But I I think people are a little bit more sort of savvy now and know what they want out of things. And, and I always thought that people sort of stop buying stuff in store anyway. We'd only ever buy things online, which is when we first started with this. The idea was that. It was to be convenient, so you knew you ordered what you wanted, and you, typically you'd buy it online because you'd you'd find it the cheapest place you could, and you'd buy yeah. that. But at least you'd know what you were buying, and it wouldn't have that issue with like returning things. Or um, so it's trying to be as accommodating as possible, and in a way we're still that. But now you can walk out the door. With it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, well, what I meant by that com- mm. comparison is not uh, not that anything or meaning to what yeah. you have done here. It's just as mm. As an experience, you yeah. come here to not as uh, like you feel mm. oppressed or you feel like yeah, constrained yeah, yeah. by what the space is mm. or people here, but yeah. it's just it's open for you to come yeah, and yeah. just be, and that's why I guess people feel attracted to it. Uh, yeah. Well, what the people I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't and know. the people I, I know, yeah, <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, uh, but uh, yeah, so it's um, yeah. and that's and. To, it, to me, that kind of is taking some elements from mm. the, the experiences that you get in very well curated mm. uh, retail spaces, mm. like in mass scale. But you can also replicate that in a smaller space like this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I, I mean. When I think about them, if I think about interior spaces or or products or whatever it might be, you think it's, I think I always think of it as like punctuation points. There's, you don't necessarily need to do everything, but you need to do a few things really, really well, and there needs to be sort of subtleties to it. Mm. And then all the other ingredients will make that up the thing. But there's little points at which sort of like pique your interest, or if it's a, if it's a painting, it's the, the bits that draw you into the painting and move your eye around the painting. It's those things within a space. So little things like um, like our floor mat, which is actually uh, solid marble, but it was a way of branding the physical space. Yeah. So that when you take photographs, there's the the vias there in the in the image. It's the uh, same. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just subtle little things, but that's it, and that's all. There's It's like what can we do, which is really low, low touch. So, yeah, yeah. That's great. I mean, mm. um, yeah, I mean that encapsulates mm. the um, kind of the whole philosophy, I think, yeah. of uh, the year. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, thanks. No, thanks, no, Mike, pleasure. For, Thank you. Yeah. For the, sharing no. your experience yeah. um, quite cathartic yeah. <laughs> well great yeah brilliant. Um, yeah brilliant thank you very much my absolute pleasure thank you that was such a great episode my first ever episode of Ride to Success 
And I have to say, Via Atelier stands as a beacon of innovation and community in the heart of London, seamlessly blending pop culture, cycling heritage and artistic flair. I hope you liked it. Please give it a thumbs up, follow, like, comment, share, do everything so we can get maximum impact with Ride to Success. Cheers and see you soon.